0: Hey friends, happy Magical Monday. I'm Courtney.
1: And I'm TJ. And
0: welcome to another episode of the Wish Upon a Sparks podcast. We are so glad that you're here. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, this week we're talking about one of my favorite childhood movies and one of my overall favorite Disney movies in general. We're talking about the...
0: Emperor's New Groove.
1: Yeah, super excited about this one. It's a just an absolute... Blast of a film. It's it's um, really it's, it's so fun. It's so funny. And the story's good. The message is good. Um, it's just it's just all around. It's a win all the way around. Agreed. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. You want to um, kick us off with a plot summary?
0: No, because you are.
1: I'm kicking us off. Yeah. I try to trick you every time. <laughs> all right, here we go. So. In the Incan Empire, Emperor Cusco is an arrogant, entitled, and pampered, and he has no patience for the needs of others, especially peasants, and abuses his position of power. Um, For his 18th birthday, Cusco plans to demolish a local village to build a lavish summer mansion. and He's going to call it Cusco-topia. Against the objections of the village's leader, Apacha, after he fires Yzma, a sorceress, and his conniving advisor, she plots to usurp the throne by poisoning Kuzco. Instead, she and her dim-witted but kind-hearted assistant, Kronk, I love Kronk, accidentally give him the wrong vial that transforms him into a llama. So basically, she's trying to poison him, and uh, Kronk grabs the wrong vial and turns him into a llama. Um, Yzma orders Kronk to knock Kuzco unconscious Then dispose of him But a stroke of conscience prevents Kronk from doing the latter And instead leaves him on a cart Which turns out to be Pacha's
0: Cusco is inadvertently taken by Pacha to his village where he orders Pacha to take him back to the palace. Pacha refuses to help Cusco unless he changes his mind and builds Cuscotopia elsewhere. Refusing the deal, Cusco heads off to the jungle alone and is attacked by a pack of jaguars. Pacha arrives in time to rescue Cusco, who reluctantly accepts Pacha's terms to escort him home. While initially at odds, the two learn to cooperate and earn earn one another's good side. (laughs) Meanwhile, Yzma, now empress, learns that Kronk um, did not eliminate Kuzco and sets out to find him. The duos arrive at an eatery at the same time, completely unaware of each other's presence. Pacha overhears Yzma's plans, and Kronk nearly recognizes Pacha. When Pacha tries to warn Kuzco about Yzma, Kuzco brushes him off, causing Pacha to leave, only then to overhear Yzma's Machinish, I don't know what this word
1: is. I actually don't either. Like basically,
0: an, her plans about him. Because yeah. basically, he comes to, po- like, Patch is like, listen, these guys are like, these two people are looking for you. Yeah. Um, They're trying to hurt you. And he's like, oh, no, their whole world revolves around me. They would never do that. Yeah. And um, Patch is trying to tell him, like, no, you're not listening to me. They're trying to hurt you. Like, they're trying to get rid of you. Yeah. Like, come with me. Like, let me,
1: let's escape. Gotta here. We yeah. gotta go.
0: Yeah. And Cusco's like not dog, like, I'm gonna stay here, I'm gonna go find them. And then he overhears them talking about how they should have killed him when they, they had the chance yeah. and he should never be a llama, he should be a he should be dead. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And which is which is kind of um, we'll talk about it more, but it's one of those scenes where like at, it really changes Cusco. Yeah. That's when it like really sh- And
0: he's like, Oh poo, I gotta go.
1: <laughs> I gotta go. So Alone Lost and realizing no one in the Empire, especially his guards, miss him because of his selfishness, Cusco glumly resigns himself to the life of a llama, but comes across Pacha and the two reconcile. Um, Meanwhile, Kronk finally recalls Pacha and his connection to Cusco. He and Isma await them at Pacha's home, posing as distant family members. Pacha has his family delay Isma, giving him and Cusco a... I'd start back to the capital. They reach Yzma's secret lab to grab some potions and encounter a furious Yzma about to kill Kuzco. She orders Kronk to finish him off, but he can't bring himself to do so, causing Yzma to dispose of him. While fleeing, Yzma and the palace guards, Kuzco attempts all the potions until there are two left. Yzma accidentally lands on one of the two, and turns into a small kitten. Despite the transformation she, Kuzco and Pacha struggle for the uh, final vial, but Yzma is unexpectedly foiled by Kronk and Kuzco drinks it, finally reverting him to his human form.
0: Now completely changed Kuzco makes amends with those he offended And regains his throne While also opting to build his summer home A modest shack On an unoccupied hill next to Pacha's house Complete with a swimming pool That he shares with Pacha's family Elsewhere Kronk has become a scout leader And trains his new recruits how to speak squirrel Including the reluctant Yzma Who remains in cat form While serving in Kronk's troop
1: Yes and the that's end. how it ends. The end. A super fun movie. So uh, yeah, I love the theme song guy. Um, Courtney, initial thoughts on this movie, um, re-watching it, and, and maybe the first time you watched it? I don't know.
0: I don't remember the first time I watched it. Fair enough. Um, I don't even know when this movie came out, to be honest. I just, I don't know. I remember it being really good and it just wanting to rewatch it. And I feel like I've just kept rewatching it into my adult life.
1: 2000. I was... I was... Nine. I
0: was four. Oof.
1: Big oof. Big oof. Yeah, it uh, it was a childhood staple for me. I'll never forget watching it for the first time. I absolutely love this movie. It was one of those movies that when I saw it for the first time, I I fell in love with it. I I wanted to watch it on repeat.
0: Yeah, it's really... I just... I think even for me, like, just being someone who just loves animals, the fact that he gets turned into an animal, and then Yzma's into this cute cat. Yeah. I just, you know... It yeah. just is... I don't know. I I think I just... I don't know. It's just cute. I like it. It's yeah,
1: funny. I agree with you. I think that all this stuff it has like the cute factor to it for sure. I, what I like about movies like this one is it's kind of um, it it, it kind of combines a bunch of different um, elements of what Disney does really well. So you have the adventure aspect, which Disney does really well. Think of movies like *Raya the Last Dragon*. Like adventure elements, super cool. Yeah. Um, and then it combines like the being out in the jungle, like that kind of roughing it, toughen it kind of vibe that they kind of bring with like movies like *Tarzan* and things like yeah. that. Then you have the story of just the the friendship bond. It kind of has like that Woody and Buzz kind of thing like they don't get along at first but then they're gonna make it work in the end and yeah. it, you combine all these things together and it, it makes a really really fun movie that, that has a lot of really cool um textures and and, and animations and things to it
0: yeah i yeah. agree with you
1: really cool um all right cool uh who's your uh, favorite character
0: oh kuzco no let me not. actually pull up the characters
1: i do like Cusco, though but he's not my favorite character
0: well if you know you go Okay, wait. I did not know David Spade played Cusco. Yeah,
1: a thousand percent. And he crushes it. I
0: don't know. And I'm
1: just. And the guy who and plays. And John
0: Goodman plays Pacha. You
1: didn't know that? No, that's that no. got a great cast. And then the guy and who.
0: Patrick Warburton.
1: plays uh, Kronk.
0: Yeah. And who that?
1: Arthur Kent. She's super famous. I
0: have no idea who that
1: is. Super famous.
0: Um. There's a lot of old people in this movie. Well, yeah, it's from 2000. Um, I really don't know literally anyone else. Okay. But Who's your favorite character? <sighs> I don't know. I'm just honestly stunned that,
1: <laughs> that David Spade and John, John Goodman. Goodman are yeah. in this movie. We did this a while back, but this was one that we didn't catch when we did it. John Goodman is in a lot of Disney movies. He's yeah, Sully. he also
0: plays, um, the guy in the, in the one show I've been watching, Righteous Gemstones. Oh,
1: yeah. He, yes. He's hilarious. He is. He's a great actor. One of my favorites. Um,
0: but yeah, he's Sully. He's, what else is he? He's been in a lot of
1: things. Cusco. Oh, not Cusco. He's Pacha. He's, um... Another one, I'm trying to think.
0: He plays Santa in SpongeBob for one episode.
1: That's amazing. I feel like he plays the Santa in um, Futurama too.
0: I don't know if that's him or someone else. He could be
1: someone else. I thought it was him, but I could be completely wrong.
0: He plays in an episode of King of the Hill.
1: Yeah he's in a ton of stuff. He's fantastic.
0: In the Jungle Book 2, He's Baloo. I think we've talked about this before. We
1: have, but the one that we I think the one that we didn't talk about was Emperor's New Groove, which is like it, that's a huge movie to be in. So for him to be the no, I'm,
0: if we saw it on here, I definitely would have mentioned it. All right,
1: maybe you did. Well, to those of you, who are sorry that we uh, are having a moment of deja vu here.
0: What other movie was he in that we've done that we talked about?
1: I'm not sure. Would you like me to just go ahead and list my favorite character while you're doing this? Yeah. Okay, cool. My favorite character overall is Pacha. I love Pacha. I think he's great. Um, uh, Kronk is also, like, right beneath him. I love Kronk. Reminds me of Gronk. <laughs>
0: I'm dead. I wonder because we did Cars, and you know how the end car scene, they have all, like, the Sully, they have the Soli truck and, like, the Toy Story cars. Yeah. Like, all that kind of stuff. I wonder if that's how we would start talking about it.
1: Probably. Who's your favorite we haven't character? done
0: Monsters Inc Yeah, We should do Monsters.
1: We're going to Courtney. <laughs> what's your favorite character? <laughs> Close your laptop. What's your favorite um, character?
0: Um, I'm trying to pull up the characters. TJ. Um, I really do like, honestly, Cusco, Pacha, Kronk. I like them all.
1: I do too. It's a great cast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would agree. Uh, Cusco's hilarious. I like how he comes around in the end. He's great. Um, well, who's your least favorite character?
0: Um. A character that I like dislike, I think they're all important to the storyline, but I think Isma's the most despicable.
1: Yeah. She's funny though.
0: Yeah, she's hilarious.
1: Like when he's like, when Croc's like, um, she's like, you need to dispose of the Emperor, and he's like, Okay, cool. And then um and then he's like he's like, Do we have time for coffee? And she's like, our dessert. And he was, she was like, okay, fine, dessert. And he's like, and, and if we have dessert, we have to have coffee. Okay. And she's like, okay, dessert, then coffee, then kill him. It's like really funny. That's
0: yeah, hilarious.
1: Yeah, absolutely hysterical.
0: Um, do you have a least favorite character?
1: Definitely Yzma. Overall. Um, she's, I mean, she's a great character, though. I just... I don't know. I just... I really don't dislike her. She's kind of like Cruella for me. Like, I just don't not she's like her. she's a good villain. She's a great villain, yeah. She's funny, and her and Cusco kind of... I mean, they definitely don't like each other, but, like, they have, like, this... She raised him, which is kind of weird. And she doesn't... Yeah, I
0: want to know what happened to his parents. But I guess if he's emperor, they're probably dead.
1: Yeah, he's only 17, though, so he's not very old. So, anyways, that that could, that's, could be something they could delve into at a later time. But um, characters in general, this movie does not have a bad character in it.
0: No, even, the, like family is oh they're wonderful wonderful the guards are funny so when they funny. turn into animals especially the, yeah. the cow he's like oh, I ch- <laughs> can I go home and she's like yep yeah, go home.
1: and then she's like anybody else and like no we're good
0: and, chasing and then the squid guy's like no one lives forever yeah. and they all like go down the thing yeah um but I I don't know even the people in like the the little diner are funny like there's just not anyone that's like bad or like not needed, you know what I mean?
1: Oh, a thousand percent. And I really, really, really like, um, I really like the way that all the characters like work super, super well together. Like, like Kronk has all these wonderful moments with multiple characters. Like, the way he interacts with the um, with the people at the restaurant, and he beca- ends up becoming the chef because the chef's like, "I can't do this," and walks out. So Kronk's like, "All right, fine, I'll do it." Oh yeah, because he likes to cook. And you find we'll talk more about that when we get to seeing stuff. But then you have his interaction with the squirrel.
0: Oh, This super I love simple the interaction
1: with the squirrel. And it's, it's so good. Yeah. And then his relationship with Yzma. And then that awkward dinner where, like, he's trying to cook for them. And, like. And the, he
0: just cares about how they care. Like, he, how they like his food. He could not give two
1: craps about killing Cusco.
0: No. He just wants people <laughs> to like his, his spinach his, puffs. His puffs. <laughs> I he's I just know. trying to make a good drink and have some spinach puffs. That's yeah. really it.
1: Oh, right. <laughs> poison for Cusco. Cusco's <laughs> poison. The poison mm. meant for Cusco. That poison? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, that poison. (laughs) It's really, really funny. Um, I love the theme song guy. Oh, yeah. The opening song is really good, which that's really the only song in the whole movie, but it's really great. Um, Any other characters you want to talk about? I know you have characters pulled up. You good? All right, cool. What about scenes? What's your favorite scene? Playing the song in my head right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. You're like playing the drums and like dancing, and I'm just distracted. Sorry. Um, I don't know. I think that my favorite scene is. Do you know your favorite scene? I do. Okay, you go. I do. I'll think about it.
1: So I have multiple, but I think my overall favorite scene is the one where uh, it's actually at the very end when Kuzco has built this, his Kuzco Topia next to oh, Pacha yeah. and it's just a little shack he like dialed it way back and he and Pacha busts out the house and then Kuzco pops out the house and they look at each other and they go down the water slide together and then down in the pool Pacha's family's down there and a lot of the village I think other village people are down there too and it's really cool I'm just like like they became buddies like Cusco's a different person now he sees yeah. the world the way Pacha sees it because this is something that you really don't get to allude to but there's a reason why Pacha's house is at the top of the village he's probably the chief of the village
0: yeah, he says when that him and his f- family have lived there for six generations. Six generations. So, like, they've been in charge of this village, this hilltop, mm-hmm. for six generations. Yeah. Like, that's a big deal. That's... They, they call him the village leader. That's why he's the one going to see Cusco.
1: That's right. That's right. You're right I forgot about that. So the cool thing is, is you have like Pacha seeing the world through his very unselfish eyes. Like he leads people the way that Cusco probably should be leading the kingdom. And then he also Pacha also has this big family. Like he's got he's married. He has two kids, and his wife's expecting a baby. So. Three kids. By the end of the movie, she has that third child, and so Pocha's life's all about being selfless, and Kuzco's life's all about being selfish. Yeah. And so that scene at the end, where like Kuzco is like, I get it now, and they like, you know, they're like friends, and it's, yeah. he's hanging out with the village people, the the peasants that he despised. Like he's like in the pool chilling with them. It's, it was cool. I like that a lot. What about you?
0: I love the word peasant. <laughs> I don't know why.
1: Yeah, when you have the fast pass at Disney, he <laughs> just
0: walked by everybody. You yeah, know, you get lightning, lightning and you just walk on by, and everyone's standing in line for like three hours. Thank like, you, peasants. I feel like you're just the emperor
1: just of the world. <laughs> we really don't think that way. We, no. I promise you. Most we, we, of no, the
0: time I think I'm the peasant. <laughs> no,
1: we've slummed we've it for the majority of our marriage. We just now recently got to the point where we can actually take vacations. When, whenever
0: I'm around really entitled people, I refer to them as like queen or king of the world, and I'm the peasant.
1: Yeah, you do. And
0: I just... I'm sorry. I'm just
1: a peasant. Sorry,
0: I'm just a peasant to you.
1: Yeah, that's what she says. I
0: get really dramatic.
1: She does. You are very, very, very dramatic. And you're Um, stalling. What's your favorite scene?
0: I have my favorite scene. I just wanted to talk about sometimes...
1: You just like to say the word, Sometimes
0: you feel like queen (laughs) or king of the world, and other times you feel like a peasant. That's true. Um,
1: I never feel like a queen in the world, but here or there.
0: Okay. Anyway, we're moving on. (laughs) Um... I really like almost like when goes in that field and he's like accepted his fate as a llama. He's just like, whatever. Oh, dude. I'm going to be a llama forever. <laughs> he eats the grass and he's like, this is so disgusting. And he like spits it out. And then he sees Pacha and it's like, oh, thank God.
1: Well, yeah. And like Pacha like. He's has- telling.
0: He's sitting there hanging out with the llamas. Yeah. <laughs> telling them.
1: That is a beautiful scene.
0: It just is really pretty. It's like really. Just sentimental, and then I really like the scene at the end, or towards the end, because um, I feel like you almost think in that moment that Cusco is like changed. He's like good for the better, or like you know he's changed for the better. He's good now. He's like finally realizing how selfish he's been. Yeah. But then you get to the end, towards the end, when they're like trying to get the vial so he can turn back into a person and there's a moment when the vial is about to fall and Pacha's about to fall yep. and you can tell he's like teetering with himself he's like he wants to grab the vial and at the last second he ends up grabbing Pacha instead and it just like solidifies like he could have went back and reverted to his own ways but yeah he like chose the higher path
1: yeah I and agree so
0: it just was like
1: nailed that. I, I don't agree. know I agree. Let's keep rolling with scenes because there's a lot of good ones to discuss. Um, my, one of my other favorite scenes is when he is in the jaguar like pit, and the squirrel makes the balloon because he just like he was really rude to the squirrel, and then yeah. he makes the balloon and pops it, and then it doesn't wake the, them up, and he goes ha because he's like laughing at the squirrel, and then yeah. that's what wakes them up. Yeah, it's really like, funny. It's just super funny, and then that whole like chase scene. Um, I also love the scene where they're like back to back crawling up the, uh, yeah. the and the scorpions are down their back just absolutely ridiculous yeah Um and then I gotta talk about the diner scene
0: the diner scene's hilarious yeah
1: when Crock ends up in the kitchen he just puts the apron on yeah cooking the food like flawlessly yeah like not even like, the way no-
0: he like first gets in there the guy just loved him, and then the lady gives him like 12 orders and he's like
1: Okay. The way, <laughs> he, he repeats it back, but, like, in, like, restaurant slang. Yeah. And then they just starts cooking. Yeah. Yeah, it's really funny. It's
0: really funny. I – this is going to be, like – I just love it. I think cause it's just so relatable when – so the scene before Cusco gets to that, like, little pasture with the llamas, and he's, like, in the jungle crying, and it's raining, and he's just, just so mopey and, like, down with himself. It just is – Sometimes that would be life
1: yeah yeah it's really funny I um, I also like the whole opening scene with the with the theme song guy oh dude we got to talk about this guy's most what he's the most iconic part of the movie the old guy who gets thrown and then he uh, pacha like helps him out and he's like don't throw off the Emperor's groove what's this with the Emperor's groove it's the way the rhythm he lives his life and then he's like walking away, He's like groove don't throw off the groove He just keeps walking away with his little cane. It's so funny. Um, I love that guy. He's funny. Yeah, he's really funny. Um, Oh, at the end of the movie, too, Cusco has that really cool moment where he brings the guy back and whatever problem he was having, he like fixes it. It's really sweet.
0: Oh, because he couldn't like afford food or something.
1: Yeah, something like that. He like fixed the problem. And Cusco's just a different emperor. He's like totally different. Um, Super cool. Any other um, scenes you want to talk about?
0: No. Okay.
1: Favorite song? There's only one.
0: The Kiss cow.
1: Yeah. I like the song, though. It's a good song. Soundtrack's good, though.
0: Yeah, the score is score nice. is
1: great. Score is great. Okay. Is this movie under or overrated?
0: I think
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's adequately rated.
1: I think it's adequately rated. Why you say that?
0: I mean, it gets like an 86 on Rotten Tomatoes and like an 89 on Google. I just feel like that's pretty adequate. Yeah,
1: that's adequate. It's not a Toy Story for sure.
0: No, I think I will always be sad that, that I feel like, while obviously they had to turn Splash Mountain into something, it just wasn't culturally—I'm culturally, not saying this word right—culturally, culturally, culturally it's relevant all. anymore. Um, like. I, and Princess Tiana and all of that is very relevant and very needed. That representation is needed That's in a the good parks. Choice. Obviously, it's a very good choice. I just will always feel like there was some kind of missed opportunity with Splash Mountain in this movie.
1: Because of the whole um, they Pull c-
0: the lever, cronk
1: Yeah, that would have been a great ride Great scene Great scene, pull the lever Yeah, that's another great scene Pull the lever, cronk And they go down to the croc. You could make the ride, honestly Like the first initial part of the ride They go down to where the crocodiles are And not that lever And then the ride that like, comes back up Yeah And then you shoot down the um, into like her lab And it could go It would be yeah. really cool What I don't understand about Disney And I'm going to talk about it really quick Is I don't understand why this movie Doesn't get more representation in the parks Because it is a fan favorite This is not an unpopular movie No People love this freaking movie I don't understand where the representation is. Like, I don't understand why it's not more represented in the parks by either rides or a restaurant or something.
0: No, yeah, and you can meet, um, I don't know. I think at some point or maybe with some, in some capacity, maybe they were once represented at the park
1: movie they but, lost in quotation marks relevance. Yeah. But you got a re- you got a renaissance of like Goofy movie right now. Like Max is making a surge, and so is I mean Goofy's always there. But but Max and Powerline's making a huge surge from Goofy movie. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Emperor's New Groove made a comeback. Um, yeah. Like, could you imagine like Pacha and Cusco walking around the park, or like you know how they do the thing with uh, Gaston doing the push-ups and stuff? What would be like Kronk like? cooking food okay she's on to something here i'm
0: on to something where is the i'm not very geographically inclined inclined you're not he it this is an incan is that how you say that word Mm -hmm. Incan incan empire that he is an emperor of
1: it's in mexico and south america
0: okay Missed opportunity for all the festivals. Why doesn't the Mexico booth? Why isn't it like Kronk's Kitchen?
1: Oh, a thousand percent.
0: Because like they turn that one booth, the um, Colombian booth, into like a
1: in Kitchen. In No, you you themed with all the
0: butterflies and the garden yes. and like all the stuff. Why don't you do I've never something about similar? This. You're like right. With honestly, you can make all of those booths theme to different. Movies. Because
1: Mexico is so much more, people never talk about it. It's so much more than the Mexican culture we know now. Yeah. It was built on the Aztec and the Inca cultures of of there were tribal and Mayan peoples, and Mayan, and, and all of, all of, that of those kind of stuff. down through Central, not all in Mexico, but down through Central that America, central America. And, and, and into into South America. And so I think Incan actually, will you please look it up so we don't misquote this? It may be South American, um, but you have all of those that kind of are part of that culture that kind of all kind of string together in some some way. And so I say all that to say. Okay. It
0: was, at the height, the Inca Empire was um, in modern-day Peru.
1: Okay, so it was South America.
0: Um, but still, like, I think all of those South American... I just feel like there's such a missed opportunity for, like... I feel like we're so into... And I think with Encanto, it's kind of the start of the resurgence of, like, a South American culture Oh coming coming but like we're so focused on our own culture on african-american culture on european culture on asian culture like what about south american culture like there's so much in that there's so much beauty in that there's so much to learn from that i just feel like it's something that's lacking
1: well i'm gonna say this too i would love to see a resurgence of um of native american culture yeah. too, in the Americas. So like it'd be almost cool if Disney would get on board with this like like doing that culture in in like the Americas, but then like in Epcot, but then also when it gets to Mexico and other countries like that, like showcase Aztec, Mayan, and Inca cultures in a couple of booths. Like that would be it, it would be a risk for them in, in quotation marks, but not really. I think it I would mean, blow up. I mean, if they up. do
0: it like with a historically did, yeah. accurate intent, like yeah. I think it could be done well. Like what if they redid Pocahontas, but made it culture like actually historically accurate. You know what I mean?
1: Amazing. Well, it's kind of like the Thor and Loki thing. They have in Um, that has that is not like the Avengers movies. It's, it's not, it's
0: but it's like the actual like
1: mythological,
0: mythological yeah. accuracy of yeah. it. I like that. That's good.
1: I think that's. I think that's a great point. And I. I think that as as fun as not as fun as uh, as accurate as Disney isn't a lot of things. There's a couple of risks they could take in a lot of countries in EPCOT, and they could really make a huge difference in representation. Agreed. Yeah. Good points, Courtney. Agreed. Good points. Um... I think this movie is uh, underrated, actually. I, I think that um, although it, it was critically acclaimed from the time it came out, I feel like people don't talk about it anymore, and I feel like that it's a movie much like a goofy movie that should make a resurgence. Um, so I would say bordering on adequately to underrated, personally. Um, that's just me, though. But I, I love this movie. I'm, I'm a little biased because I love this movie. I could watch I this I like this
0: movie a this lot, too. A it's like one that's very, very watchable. We yeah. could, it's like up there with like... I don't want to say it's up there or tangled, but it's like in the same category where it's like, I, it's like a comfort rewatch movie.
1: I call it, I, I would put it up there with I uh, I wouldn't put it up there when it comes to like how much I like it, but I would say it's right there. Honestly, with rewatchability for me with Toy Story one, I gotta always throw this movie on the background. Yeah. You know what? Maybe not, Toy, maybe not Toy Story one. That's a little bit blasphemous. Maybe Monsters, Inc. <laughs> Yeah Yeah you know what I mean I mean Monsters Inc Never I love Monsters Inc Never gets old No In Person, New group Never gets old It's a great movie It's great Like you turned it on In the background today And I wasn't annoyed by it Even though I watched The whole movie last night Like I just I was good
0: It's funny It's I don't know It's just comforting
1: It is comforting I like that I, I love how comforting A lot of these movies are Yeah um, And how much they kind of Even if they don't take you Back to your childhood Like just watching them Just kind of It makes you like I feel better Yeah Yeah you know? Yeah Um. Okay Theme from the movie to apply to your everyday life. This movie is ripe with themes.
0: <laughs> I know we ask the same questions literally every movie. Literally
1: every movie.
0: But I just literally, I don't know.
1: All right, I'll go. I alluded to it earlier, but I'm going to elaborate on it. And there's a couple other themes I'll probably bring out as you bring things out. So I love the parallel between Pacha having to be really, really, really unselfish and Cusco having being super selfish. And it was all brought upon them by the way they had to live their life. Right. So you have Pacha who grew up in, in a poor peasant village. He was the leader of the village, but he was, you know, the selfless leader, obviously a great leader. Runs the village, takes care of the people, has a beautiful family that he cares about. He's very kind, very selfless. Then you have Cusco, raised in a palace, parents abandoned him when he was little or died when he was little or something, raised by this really narcissistic person. He can, his toy breaks, and there's 18 more of the identical toys shoved at him like he, yeah. everything he ever wants. And what it created was, is it Pacha lived a hard life and it created someone who was selfless and, and, and very cultured and very resilient. And, and and Cusco lived a very, very, very easy life with no hardship whatsoever. And it created someone who was selfish and, and couldn't even understand the needs of others. And so, my thing that I took away from it is that. Sometimes growing up hard or sometimes going through hard things is worth it for your character because it'll make you a better person. Because I would rather grow up like Pacha did and ended up like Pacha than grow up like Cusco did and ended up like Cusco. Um, now, Cusco got better, so he ended up, you know, it was fine, but it took him running into someone like Pacha to show him, like, hey, buddy.
0: Like, yeah. This
1: world doesn't revolve around you. Like, yeah. There's other, like we're all out here suffering and you're living in a palace. There's a bigger
0: picture. Yeah. It's exactly. not just so you. That's what I took from it. Okay. I feel like Isma, classic example of you reap what you sell. Mm. Like okay. she puts so much like and I just I felt shy. Say what reaping and sowing is? Yeah, you definitely should. Um It's like farming terms, correct? Yes. So basically when you sow something into the ground, you're like planting something, you're taking care of it, you're nurturing it, and then whatever grows is the product of whatever you've put into it basically. Yes. So you get what you put in. You get out what you put in. You get out what you put in. Basically. And so I just feel like she puts in so much negative energy, so much h- hatred, so much evil, sorcery, um, narcissism, just a very, all the bad qualities you could have. Like, I just feel like she puts that in into could, the world, into other people, Yeah. and at the end, she gets turned into a cat, she needs yeah. to be this fluffy, cute little kitten the rest of her life because. Yeah. I don't know. It just is. I don't know. Do you get what I'm trying to
1: say? No, you're trying to say yeah. She has to just lived the rest of her life as something that's almost small and insignificant, and that no one's going to take seriously.
0: Yeah, because yeah. that's what she's been treating people like.
1: They're they small and her insignificant. Whole okay. Yeah. life that's no, good. I like that. And
0: maybe it comes from a place where she feels small and insignificant, so she feels like she has to project that on other people. I don't know, but
1: almost assuredly, yeah. I um I like that point a lot. I uh, now that you, if you really want to deep dive into this, like so there's a there's a quote that Isma has in the movie, and she's like, I basically raised him, and it like makes you think like, wait a second is probably the way that he is because of the way that Yzma, like, raised him. Like, she's just as narcissistic as he is, but he he ends up changing from it, obviously, down the line. So I think that that's something to, like, maybe give Cusco a little bit of a pass on, is, like, he was raised in that environment. Because then you have, like, you have Tangled, Rapunzel's parents. They're king, they're king and queen of an empire. You have Elsa and Anna... Huge kingdom, but like their parents that are kind and they teach them their their children to take care of the kingdom and take care of the people. This is our kingdom. We love them. We take care of them. That's not what Isma taught Cusco. No. Isma taught him to selfishness. Yes. So I I wanted to to go back on I want to go back on my other statement, but I wanted to to rewind and just say that being raised in a life of luxury is not a bad thing. It's all how you're taught to look at the life. Like, like having, having things is not a bad thing. Like being well off, being wealthy is not evil or bad. But you just have to make sure that you understand that the person on the, I mean, not to bring, bring religious tones into it, but like God cares just as much about the person, the homeless person on the corner as he does about you. And so as long as you view life through that perspective of like, we're yeah. all precious, we're all alive. We're all living a human experience. Yeah. Don't look down on anyone no matter how little they have. No one, you should never look at someone and be like, they're a peasant.
0: No, we're all valuable. We're all important. We are all, we are all needed in some capacity. Like. Oh, for sure. Obviously we're all built different. We're all created differently. We all have different interests and different. And I think that gives us the opportunity also like serve the world in different capacities. So while we're all needed and we're all important, we're not all needed and important in the same capacity. And I think that's important to know as well.
1: A thousand percent. I think that also answers the question, and this is very philosophical and deep, but the world would be a much more perfect place if everybody was able to operate their capacity. And the problem is, is that not everybody does or can. And, um, so when you look down on someone or you see them in a bad situation, like a homeless person on the street corner, what you're failing to understand is, is that their capacity and what they maybe have been meant to carry, but life beat them down and they weren't able to get to could even be bigger than you. They yeah. could have been a CEO of a company and, and something happened. And now they're in a situation that you don't know. And, and here's the thing is, is, in a perfect world, we would all operate at capacity. And I think that's what would make the world a perfect place. The reason the world's not a perfect place is because life happens and we end up getting beat. Down and some people end up in worse situations than others. And instead of looking down on the people that are in worse situations than we are, and instead of letting the people, dare I say, that are in higher positions than us, look down on us, we should we should look up and say, Hey, you're not better than me. Just because you have more money than me doesn't mean you're better than me. And then we should, when we not even look down, when we look across at the people that maybe don't have as much as we do, we should say, Hey, I love you. I care about you. I'll help you however I can. You know. Yeah. Because that's what's going to lead to a perfect world one day is when we all are operating in equal capacity and we're all carrying the same weight, you know?
0: I think as long as there's selfishness and evil in this world, it'll never be perfect, but...
1: And that's the... Uh, that's my two cents. No, that's not just two cents. That's truth. That's that's exactly um, evil and corruption and, and, and wickedness is what what makes it hard, you know, to... Have a quote unquote perfect pro
0: yeah because I mean we could all be operating in our capacities the way that we're meant to but if you have a boss or someone who like puts a ceiling over you that you're never meant to have, even though you might be operating in your giftings and of your talent you're not and you're operating in some of your capacity if you're not doing it the way that you're meant to in the way that you feel, Cause I think in some aspects you have to feel free to operate fully in your gifts and your talents and, and in your job and your roles. And like, if you're not given that full freedom, it's almost like, I don't know. And I'm not saying it's the same as like looking down on like a homeless person or someone who has less than you. Like, but People and bosses like not being, not allowing you to operate in fully in your, in your giftings and your talents is also something that diminishes other people and like, it's almost like, I feel like a lot of people in the generation above us <laughs> do this where they like, they feel so selfishly about how they want to hold on to their own titles that they're not raising up other people, they're not allowing other people to operate in their giftings and their talents. I don't, for selfish motives, for motives, I don't even know. But like when that happens, it doesn't allow people to like be able to access the freedom and their full capacity of what their talents and giftings are.
1: Yeah. And now that you mentioned that, I'm just going to say it because that's what we do on this podcast. But I mean, this is still a, this is still a Disney podcast, but we're going to derail for a second. We talked about it with some friends of ours earlier today about like our desire to level the playing field as leaders. Like when we're leaders, when you and I are leaders of anything, we try our best to level the playing field and get yeah. fair opportunity to everyone like male, female ethnicity, whatever. Like if you're on my team, you get a fair shot at anything. Absolutely. Like if you're on your Courtney's team, it's the same thing. So, but what I've discovered is the generation above us didn't do that. And so I, as much as people are like making fun of and putting down the millennial generation, which is our generation, I feel like that we truly are the hero generation that we are, kind of standing in the gap and we're doing our best to like we're we're. that's why you have so many people getting you know protests and stuff and we get a bad rap for being like that protest generation but we really are out here trying to level the playing field like we've seen we have been a product of being oppressed by the corporate strategies and the corporate titles and all this like I'm gonna you know what you're you're more talented than me so I'm gonna make sure I keep you down so you don't promote and we're out here being like you know what if my team is more talented than me then they deserve to get promoted above me if you can do the job better than I can, you deserve the job. And I want to help you get there. Like, like that's like how it, it should comes be. comes
0: with being humble and being self-aware. When you lack self-awareness and you lack humility, you're not willing to let other people grow around you.
1: A thousand percent.
0: And sometimes it takes saying, like, man, I thought I was really good at this, but this person next to me is even better than me. And I want us to succeed. I want this company or this... Platform that we're on, or this whatever it may be, where you guys are in it working together. I want this thing to succeed. And if I have to take a step back so this other person can take a step forward and push us where we need to go, I'm willing to do that. Yeah. But if you're not self aware enough to know where you stand and you're not humble, even if you are self aware enough, great. But if you're not humble enough, if you're too prideful, like you're never going to be able to do that. So it just takes a lot of humility and a lot of self-awareness and willingness, I guess, to be a team player as well.
1: Well, yeah. Like being a leader, you have to. You can never forget that you're part of the team. Like just because you're leading the team doesn't mean that you're above the team or not part of the team.
0: A team captain still has to put in as much work, if not more, than everyone else on the
1: team. Yeah, and, and then that's 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 the, the part that's often missed is like if you're gonna be the team leader, it's it's kind of like um, there are coaches, and we'll say let's let's put it this way: the coaches and stuff are the CEOs. But like if you're the if you're the leader of the team, like you're the quarterback, like you're on the field, you're playing.
0: You're a team captain. Yeah. You're calling the shots. You're making stuff happen. But you also have to like, you can't just sit back and watch it be like a crap shell. You know what I mean? Like you have to also put in work and like make your team succeed. They're not going to succeed by you just bossing them around and telling them you have to like, I feel like for me personally, something I believe is like leading by example and show like putting in the work for other people to witness how hard they have to work to succeed is like good leadership. It's not just bossing people around.
1: No, for you sure. You have to
0: be, you have to know the tension of like being in the trenches with your people, but also knowing when to, lead your team out of the trenches or take a step out of the trenches and like let them do it themselves. Does that make sense?
1: That makes perfect sense. And it, it also comes down to the point of like, you have to, you have to, as a leader, so like there's times and seasons, right? Where you're the leader and you have to fill a role on the team because you're the best person at that role. And it's like, honestly, if I wanna make this team better, I need to let everybody else do what they're best at. I need to do what I'm best at. Yeah. But then what happens is, is another player comes onto your team and they're as good at, if not better than that role that you're good at, right? And so as a leader, what you should do is take a step back and say, I'm the leader here. And so honestly, this person has come along that can do this job, this task, this whatever better than I am. If I'm gonna be a really good leader, I should empower them and let them do it because they're gonna do it better than I can and I'm not gonna hold the team back. But it's really hard for leaders that don't have that humble concept, humble mentality to say, hey, I'm really good at thing number A, and really bad at b and c and so i'm never gonna let anyone do column a because i'm the one that has to do that but as a leader you should really let somebody else if somebody else comes along and they're good at column a and you have somebody that's good at column b and then also good at column c guess what you're a great leader because you've attracted great people now you get to step back you get to lead this team and you get to watch them execute and get the credit for it and you know what they should get the credit for it because they're the one doing the work And you should get credit too because you're the one leading them and you're the one helping them, right? But when people come along, they can do the job better than you. Let them do it.
0: Let them do it, but also like create an environment that's very communicative. Yeah. Where also like everyone is open to feedback because like you can have great people doing great things on your team, really pushing your team forward, really pushing your motives and your agenda forward. But if you're a sucky leader and like, Not a sucky leader, but if you're a leader that can't take feedback on how we can make things even better, you're never going to get to where you're actually supposed to go. No,
1: you're not. And you have to be a leader if you delegate things out, which is what the type of leadership, the style that I like to do. You have to be a leader if you delegate things out. Then you have to be present. You can't delegate and leave. No, yeah, because that's not leadership. What if you
0: delegate something and then you're the person you delegated to like has a basic concept, but then it's like,
1: I need your help. Yeah,
0: I need your help. I don't know what the F I'm doing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Delegation. Um, delegation is often misunderstood. So a lot of leaders don't delegate and they just are always there. Then a lot of leaders delegate and they're never there. If you're going to be a leader that delegates, and I tell anyone that's a leader here, I'll stand by this to the end of my days, you should delegate everything that you possibly can because your team wants to learn. They want to grow and they want to do better. You should delegate. You should promote, delegate, promote, delegate, promote, delegate, promote, delegate things, help people grow, promote them to a higher position, right? And, yeah. and if you have that concept, you will ultimately get 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 uh, promoted to our position too. But what I say, what I say that because ideally, ideally, you can't delegate and then leave. A delegate delegation without with, with, with and being absent, like a, de- a delegating leader that is absent from his team, that's a lazy leader. You don't delegate so that you can take days off from work. You don't delegate so that you can work a three-hour shift and go home. You, you
0: delegate so you can empower people yes. and have them feel. I don't know. You go. Yes. I
1: interrupted you. No, you're good. You delegate so that you can empower them and you can help them. And then what you do is, is you don't stop working. You just go around all day and your job is, and this is the beautiful part about being a good leader is, and then you just get to go around and say, you're crushing it. How can I help you crush it more? What do you need from me? How can I streamline this process? What can I take off your plate so you can do your job better? You have 15 reports due today. I've given you this task. Can I take five of those reports from you? And to help you with it, you know what I mean. Like it, it, it's.
0: Yeah, but I think oftentimes too, we see a lot of leaders doing that stuff, but then you don't follow through, and it puts more work on you on the back end anyway.
1: Right. If you're gonna take five reports off someone's desk, you gotta do. Five if you're reports.
0: gonna all, uh, if you're gonna ask the question of like, how can I help you, you better be ready to take whatever I need help
1: with a thousand percent
0: because if you're not, why are you even asking me?
1: Yeah. And I learned that lesson hard at Maple street. I I used to would when I, my first six or seven months there, I would take over a station for somebody. And because I was the manager, a problem would arise. And so I would walk away from the station and then the deli that I was working alongside of that I, I put somebody else on break. Right. And then you have the other deli, Kelsey, for instance, working. And then I come back. She's like, what the crap, dude? Like you sent the other deli on break so that you could break them so that they could get a little 15 minute break. But then you were only on with me for three minutes. So I had to work 12 minutes by myself. Yeah. So you, th- you were, th- I did three things, right? I did two things. Well, I was thoughtful and I stepped in. But, what, yeah. but I didn't have any staying power. Right. So yeah. as a leader, you have, if you're going to step in for somebody. If you're going to step in and do what you uh, relieve them and, and actually take over so they can rest, you have to follow through Yes. for the 15 minutes. You can't just work for the three. No. Yeah. And I've learned that. So <sighs> Emperor's new groove.
0: We do. We're out Oh
1: man. Anything else you want to talk about about themes?
0: no Aren't What, we, what did, did we eat any snacks
1: we laid in bed <laughs> you had you. Well, you rewatched it with uh, I rewatched watched
0: it today we watched it last night and I super just fell asleep
1: you made it halfway through I finished it last night
0: I like was in and out of sleep the whole time we were watching it not that I disliked this movie or it's something no, you've seen it a million to. times it just, I've seen it a million times and I was just really tired <laughs> so yeah. I rewatched it today
1: I'm exhausted I'm exhausted no, I'm yawning right now I'm literally exhausted yeah uh, we, um, li- we live our life exhausted it's fine
0: We're just very busy people.
1: We are. And we love it. I love it. I don't think Courtney loves it, but I love it.
0: I love it sometimes, but most of the time, I at least have one day where I don't do anything. And I feel like every day for the past, like, I don't know. I'm being so dramatic when I say this. Two months, I'd say. For the last, like, two to three months, we've had something literally every day. Saturdays
1: are a day off. Like, we don't, we we tend to. Normally I have Fridays off
0: to myself. Yeah. I work this Friday and I just, which is fine. I understand that, like, it's a need. I lead a team at work. Sometimes I have to work Fridays. Yep, I have to work
1: Saturday sometimes. Because
0: we alternate Fridays. I'm, I'm I'm good at that. I know that's my job. I know i got to do it at least once a month. Yeah. But I just almost every Friday, either during the day, Friday night, we've had stuff. Saturday, we've had stuff. Sunday, we've had stuff. Monday through Thursday. Yeah. Going they, to work. Yeah. Working out. Going yeah. to church. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So much. It
0: just is so and this, this next, season is just so exhausting.
1: Next week we're super busy too. We got something every night of the week. You don't Thursday, but I do. Um and then Friday we have stuff. So it happens. But you know what? We are in a cool season right now that I will say, and that we're we're building new friendships. Um like this week we got two opportunities to spend time with friends, and it was really nice.
0: These aren't new friendships. No, not not new
1: friendships, but we're like building Relationships and friendships that we currently have. I shouldn't have said new, but we're building relationships and friendships. No together. no friends. Uh, no. Just I, kidding. I was going <laughs> to make new friends. I love new <laughs> friendships. Um, all right, cool. Why don't you tell us? Tell us. Yeah, I guess us, because I don't always know either. Tell us, me, our listeners, what we uh, are going on next week.
0: We are closing out the month of May with.
1: It's going to be May. Continue. Sorry
0: we are closing out the month of may with the live action version of alice in wonderland
1: let's go super excited love johnny depp yeah. whoever else is in the
0: movie. <laughs> i don't know fun
1: fact i've never seen this movie before
0: alice in wonderland
1: well i've seen the animated one but i've never seen the uh, live action one i don't uh,
0: know if i have either to be honest
1: yeah and then next week we'll have our um june our june schedule out it'll be fun we'll do some summary movies it'll be great um, why I don't want you tell do Dumbo. Yeah, Dumbo would be great. Um, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find us at?
0: Find us on Instagram at Wish Upon a Sparks podcast. For all the podcast things, all the daily life things for the most part is Wish Upon a Sparks. Um, and email us at wishbunnusbarks at gmail.com.
1: Yep. If you have any suggestions or want to reach out to us, feel free to. Uh, Courtney, any closing thoughts?
0: no closing thoughts about this movie but just looking at the pictures i forgot how creepy the queen is in this movie in the alice in wonderland the live action really creepy yeah and the little the little twins
1: yeah they're creepy too
0: super creepy this movie's a little dark and twisty but it's fine it's gonna be great join us next week for alice in wonderland goodbye friends
1: bye friends happy magical monday we'll see you next week (laughs)